catching you up on the latest stories from around the Sunshine State that you should know heading into this Thursday morning, April 20th. I'm Julia Cooper, and this is The Point from WUFT News. After reporting its highest number of rapes and sexual battery cases last year, the University of Florida removed nearly eight years of crime data online, leaving only the last 60 days worth of crime detail information. I spoke with Fresh Take Florida reporter Troy Myers about how the move may make it harder for students and families to learn about campus safety. Basically, it was kind of a review of all Florida universities across the state. We were looking at how they comply with the Clery Act and how they provide their campus crime log data. What prompted me to start writing this story was because UF made the decision to switch their crime log data and how they offer it. So they used to have data available going back to about 2016. It was um, several years. And they made that switch back in, I think it was late November or December, um, to only provide 60 days immediately available to the public. That is in compliance with the Clery Act, but the switch to this new um, system came at the same time that the university rep uh, was reporting a record number of rapes and sexual assaults on campus. So that's kind of what we looked at, and we were trying to find out, you know, the dis like what were the deciding factors behind that switch. It was really difficult trying to communicate with UF. They kept, you know, referring me to this department, that department would re refer me to that person, that person would refer me to this person. And it was a lot of going back and forth, a lot of records requests, a lot of calling victim advocacy groups, um, you know, sexual assault awareness groups, a lot of clubs on campus I reached out to, talking to students, talking to alumni, reaching out to other universities across the state, trying to get in contact with their Cleary Act officers to see how they comply with that act. But that's basically the gist of it. So about the move to strip away records of years past crime logs, what do the people you spoke with say about the legality and effect of only having the last 60 days of crime reporting available? Right. So I did talk to um, multiple nationally renowned experts and groups. Um, I talked to people with the Cleary Center, which is a nationally um, recognized group, and they help educate and teach different universities across the country on how to comply with the Cleary Act. And everyone I talked to said that, you know, UF is in compliance with the Clery Act. Every one of them I talked to also would say the goal is as transparent as possible. A university, no matter what state they're in, should make that campus crime log data as transparent as possible. Making that switch to only 60 days, I get it. It's a lot of work to upkeep that stuff, to update different records. And I can see why they would want to switch it to 60 days because, you know, it is less work for them to be updating those records and stuff, but it might not be as transparent or as easily accessible for parents of students or students that don't know how to use public record laws, how to submit public records requests. It just adds another barrier for people that don't know how to navigate that whole process. How does UF stack up against other Florida schools in their level of reporting? Yeah, that, that's a good question. That's what I was looking at. Um, so I looked at 13 universities across the state. So that would be like Florida State, UCF, USF, FAU, Florida Polytech, New College of Florida, UNF, all those places and a couple others. And, you know, before UF made the switch, I would say they're in the top three of the best kept and most thorough crime data among all Florida universities. 
once they made that switch, they kind of fell to the back half of the least accessible or, you know, the not as thorough records as they could be. I would say the best ones would be either FIU, Florida International University. They have records going back at least a decade, very thorough. And I believe it was FAU also had records going back years and years. I would say the majority of Florida universities only provide 60 days. Another interesting thing was that I found that the two, I would say, worst kept or most difficult to access among all Florida universities was definitely Florida State University and UNF. Florida State University, they don't even have a portal online. The only way to look at those records is in person in their police headquarters building. Um, their website has been down for repairs for over a year now, and they didn't really give us a timeline on when that would be back up, which I thought was strange. And then UNF, they don't have a website at all. They told me that they don't plan on providing a website because, you know, the Clery Act doesn't say they should or are required to provide an online portal or anything like that. So for UNF, you can only go in person and see actual physical printed out copies on their bulletin boards in the police building there. For people wanting to access crime logs past the most recent 60 days, what should they do? Where should they turn to? Yeah, so there's a link in my story. Um, it's kind of farther down. There's a link that says portal, and that will just take you straight to UF's uh, record request portal. You do have to create an account. You could submit a records request anonymously, but then you don't get notified once that request is fulfilled. So you have to actually remember to go back to that website, keep that reference number, and search it for yourself if you're su submitting anonymously. But you can also sign up with your email and it'll notify you when that records request is fulfilled. I would recommend people sign up, just create an email account. And if you want to submit a records request for the full log, they can get that back to you within two days. We did it a couple of times. They always got it back to us within two days. They got it back to us within four hours, one day, I think it was. So they are really responsive with it. But before that switch, all of that was already online for people to see. I want to ask about what you found in regard to why this move was made. What did you uncover about potentially why we now only have 60 days of crime log reporting? Yeah, that was really tricky. And that was something we really tried for a long time to figure out. We had public records requests come back with emails between our Clery Act agent person. Basically, there was really no reason in those public records that we found other than them just saying, yeah, take that take the crime log down, basically. I think the main reason is why they took it down was because they were having such trouble keeping up with uh, updating those records. They kept doing duplicate um, you know, instances of different crimes. So every time like when the crime occurred and then the person was actually arrested, they would duplicate that. So to the normal person viewing that, it would look like there are two instances of, say, a sexual assault in the rights union. When really it was only one count of or one instance of a sexual assault. That could be a reason why they did away with that, the entire crime log, but it's unclear. We couldn't get a straight answer. Is there anything else about this topic or this piece of news that you think people should know about? Yeah, definitely. So the main thing that I thought was problematic when I was doing this was when the freshman class of 2027 comes in this fall, when they come to campus and say they want to look at crime on campus or their parents want to look at crime on campus when they're just trying to decide where they're going to live for the first year in the dorms, which dorm they want to choose, 
they're only going to see all the instances of crimes that happened over the summer when campus is basically empty. There's not as many crimes occurring on campus. They won't be able to see what happened in the spring semester or the fall semester when crimes occur the most, when students are on campus, um, when the campus is full and the dorms are full. So that's kind of the issue that I had with this decision is because, you know, these freshman students coming in, their parents, they might not know how to submit these records requests. They might not know how to see historical data and see which dorms are the safest, which dorms are the most dangerous, and which dorms to let their children go to and live in for their first year in college. So that's basically why we wanted to write this story and why we created that interactive map to show all instances of crimes, not just the past 60 days. That was Fresh Take Florida's Troy Myers on UF removing its crime log data. Now, let's catch you up on today's top stories from around the state. The House State Affairs Committee approved Representative Chuck Clemens's bill giving the state of Florida control of Gainesville Regional Utilities on Wednesday. According to WUFT News, the regional utility is in significant debt and accounts for about 80% of all of the city of Gainesville's debt. Representative Chuck Clemens believes the bill would help provide stable leadership. During Wednesday's committee hearing, Clemens also tried to reassure Gainesville residents that the five-person authority board selected by the governor would not sell the utility and make it a private company. In Tallahassee, the legislature is considering proposals that would mandate later start times for middle and high schools in all districts. According to Fresh Take Florida, the House bill would require middle schools to start no earlier than 8 a.m. and high schools no earlier than 8.30 a.m. by 2026. Based on research from the American Academy of Pediatrics about the biology of adolescence and sleep, the bill would also require district school boards to inform their communities about the impacts of sleep deprivation. About half of public high schools in Florida begin before 7.30 a.m., so high school students who want to catch the bus often must wake up as early as 5 a.m. However, sleep research shows that the average teenager has trouble falling asleep before 11 p.m. and should wake up at 8 a.m. or later. A newly discovered type of orange tree may offer hope to the Florida citrus industry. According to WUSF, citrus growers in Florida are facing some of the toughest challenges yet. However, officials are hopeful that a newly discovered Donaldson tree could offer a reprieve to citrus growers struggling with greening. Growers found the tree by chance while giving a tour of a farm in Groveland located in central Florida. The tree is continuing to produce fruit despite being infected by citrus greening. Subscribe to The Point Newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox every weekday morning at 8 a.m. Visit WUFT.org to subscribe and view the most recent issues. I'm Julia Cooper, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida's College of Journalism and Communications. Have a great Thursday.